Today on my show, Your Story with Melinda, I have an incredible sojourner, wanderer, and traveler with me in the studio. Nate Peterson is actually hitchhiking across Canada to tell wanderers like himself about community, spirituality, otherness, and travel. He shares today on the show about what it means to be a millennial, about the wonder and the goodness of uncertainty, and he talks about what he's learned hitchhiking across Canada and down the west coast of the USA. He shares about his encounters with people who have loved him even in their differences. Peterson, it is so great to have you on Your Story with Melinda. It is so wonderful that after all of your expeditions and adventures, you're actually here in a studio today. It's, so welcome. It's really good to be here. Thank you very much. So in my intro, I talk about, you know, hitchhiking. And for many people, it, it there's stereotypes and there's also this like weird little fear in the bottom of our heart or wherever that is and going, oh my goodness, people still hitchhike? Is it safe? Why would you even do that? So I want to hear a little bit about how you got into it and uh, a little bit about your travels and adventures too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that one of the reasons that I, that I love hitchhiking is because it does challenge people's perceptions of of safety and, and of, of certainty. And mm-hmm. I think that coming uh, from from a uh, white privileged background, it's an opportunity to to uh, kind of digest all of that on the side of the road and hmm. kind of interact with with strangers and um, you know remove myself from a comfortable comfortable circle. Wow! Real, so for someone like me who is about safety and security, that sounds terrifying about like being on the side of the road and. You, you know, you don't know when the next car truck is going to pick you up. So, I mean, that's really uncertain. And how do you? I mean, why is that okay with you? <laughs> Uncertainty. I, 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 I love I love the idea of um, challenging ourselves to step outside of um, comfort. And I think that there's there's just something there's a wonderful experience when I'm out there putting my thumb out um, when I can kind of just bask in the uh, inevitable uncertainty that we all face in, in our lives. Ooh. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, for some people, it's like, but you're you're choosing to put yourself out there. Like life is is uncertain. You know, when you're kind of doing the day to day, and you feel that you have some kind of control over the choices you make. Go to work nine to five, come home, make dinner, do the kids' homework, that kind of thing. And when uncertainty comes or things happen, you know, you're like, whoa. But this is, I think, for a lot of us going. But you're actually Nate putting yourself in full uncertainty and really at the mercy of other people. Yeah, and, and at the mercy of God. Um, yes. I think that's a big part of it as well. It's a chance to to experience uh, God in a new way outside of outside of a structured uh, religion or mm. it's, it's the day-to-day experience of waking up in a tent and, and going out to the road um, that really helps me reflect on my own, my own sense of security and where that's coming from. So when you go hitchhiking, talk to me about all the places you've hitchhiked. Like what, what kind of areas, routes, where in the world? Uh, so I started four years ago, or okay, so my very first hitchhiking okay. experience was <laughs> came from, I was working up at a summer camp in Muskoka at Minioe, 
And all summer long, I, I had uh, signed up too late for the bus, but to go into town <laughs> for my day off. And okay. so we, we go in, and I, every week they would say, oh, that's okay, you just take it. So my very first experience was at the very end of the summer thinking, I've, I've taken advantage of this system for way too long, and I need to just do it on my own because and, and face the fact that I haven't been playing by the rules. Yeah. And so I, I walked out, and I ended up finding this little toy car on the side of the road, and little did I know that that little toy car was going to be uh, a huge impact in my life because it would sit on my shelf, and I would think about that experience. Mm. And I, I thought about hitchhiking for a long time. Um, so four years ago, I was watching, uh, watching a movie about, it was called Into the Wild, uh, yeah. about about this guy who, who travels across the country and has these great adventures with my friend. Um, and he he asked if I wanted to go hitchhiking across the country, and I thought, oh, what a wonderful idea. Uh, it turned out that he didn't want to actually do that, but the more I thought about it, I was like, I, I need to do it with a partner. And when I couldn't find a partner, it kind of turned into this, oh, I can do it with God. Mm-hmm. And that turned into hitchhiking across Canada, uh, coast to coast, and then when I finished that, and it was such a wonderful, uh, invigorating, and contemplative experience. So across I, Canada, how long did it take you? Uh, that one, it was just about getting there, and so okay. it, it was it was 15 days. So 15 days from, what was your starting place? Uh, I started, well, the, it was a little bit broken up, but yeah. it kind of started in St. Stephen. St. Stephen? New Brunswick. New Brunswick, and you yeah. went all the way across to? Uh, Victoria. Victoria, in 15 days. In 15 days, Yeah. And then I wanted to continue, so I, I a couple, two years later, I went from Victoria down to San Diego. Victoria, BC to San Diego. How long yeah. did that take? That one, I, I, I took uh, two months to do that. Two months. Yeah. And was that more because you wanted to kind of reflect or like really be present in those places, or was it because you couldn't really get... The, the pickups or the people to pick you up to drive you to the you know the next oh, destination. No, it, it's 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 definitely all about uh, just just experiencing the the road and uh, so when people say oh you you can take ride shares they have those now or or something like that it's like no no I actually want to step onto the road and and just see what life comes what what life has to offer yeah. Nate, biggest things that you've learned on the road, people, uh, what God has sort of like downloaded into you as you do this. I think, you know, as I'm, I'm sort of projecting my own fears, like you're by yourself. So then that means that you're present with yourself yeah. and faced with yourself. And I've talked about this before. And sometimes that's like the worst person to be with yourself alone and in the quietness. Um, and then meeting people that you have no idea who they are and what they're about. So I, I'd love to hear a bit of some of those learnings on the road, you know, as yeah, you've gone. Absolutely. It's so for me, it's 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 testing both my extroverted self and my introverted self. Uh, long, long, long waits on the side of the road or camping in the woods. Um, they're both uh, lots of lots of self-reflection and and being OK with silence and being OK mm-hmm. with uh, contemplation, and then these long extroverted times. Maybe uh, my longest drive was maybe eight hours or so. Wow! And these these long drives with strangers, uh, you really learn a lot about about how to interact with with difference and with with otherness. Um, mm. And so my that that long drive there was uh, a man who he he had just left his wife. He had driven ten minutes, picked me up, and then we drove eight hours together. And it was it was an incredible experience. I often say that a stranger is the best therapist because there's no preconceptions to 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 ah, uh, that, jump off of. That's amazing. 
And with God, is there something about uncertainty and God that go hand in hand? Absolutely, yes. Um, I think that a lot, a lot of our religious structures are trying to, to box in God, box God into our understanding of the world and how we interact with, with the rules and structures and the, the straight lines on the road. And what I'm doing is, is really enjoying the movement between the dotted lines and, and kind of, um, I, I'm excited by the idea of, of Celtic Christianity is, is more about um, being in nature and, and noticing and observing God in, in the wind and in the, in the, in the movement of, of the circle of life. Mm. Do you think like anybody can do this? I mean, do they have to go hitchhiking to do this? Or do you think everybody should have experienced it at one point? Or when, you know, when you're thinking through the masses and encouraging people, uh, what would you say to them? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly not for everyone, but I think that the, the element of it that is for everyone that I would challenge everybody to uh, open themselves up to is to experience otherness in new and creative ways. Um, mm. When we, when we, y- y- you can never learn anything from sameness. Nobody's ever learned a single thing from sameness. You learn from difference, and so when you open yourself up, up to difference and otherness, it's an edu- educational experience uh, that really, really is transformative. Um, and that's how we learn and we grow is through is through difference and otherness. You know, the thing I love about this, Nate, is that you know you're you're meeting new people, and there's a dependence because you need them to get you where you need to go. But then you're placed in a situation where then you have to be open and conversational and open to them versus, you know, how I think in, in especially in Western society, like we choose and pick and choose the people that are like us. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, I mean, as much as I'm, I'm about community and tribe, if I look at my people, it's we're pretty same. Right. Right. <laughs> Which there is a wonderful. And it's what it is. Yeah. It's good. But then if you're there too much, then there isn't the challenge on on you know seeing the world and people differently or or but yet we're all the same or mm-hmm. seeing how god sees other people i think there's something in that eh? yeah there's a shared humanity that yeah. you can interact with for sure and for me like i have a i have a wonderful community back in back in new brunswick that that i i love learning from and and digesting these experiences with um but for me stepping out of that is when i can create the experience to, to go back and, and contemplate with with my friends and mm. with my teachers and mentors. So an experience like this isn't just isolated or um, sort of on its own, but you take this experience as something where you learn and then you can give back and share those with other people. Yeah, yeah, you can certainly, the pendulum swings, I guess. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, Nate, you're in millennial age group, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but where does this wonderlust and this understanding of other others come from? I mean, let's go back a little bit from your own childhood. Um, what would you say were some key things within your upbringing that's really helped you see the world that way? Because I think for, you know, viewers and listeners that are watching this and listening, especially for parents or young parents, how do they develop in, in their kids this kind of understanding of the world and desire to see the world this way? I, 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 was, I was born in, my parents were missionaries in, mm-hmm. in Colombia. Uh, so I was born in Colombia, and so I, I I think that I've had the travel bug ever since I <laughs> stepped into this world. Um, and my parents fostered that in me through through various trips, especially uh, uh, trips overseas to the developing world. Um, and I think that my my love for humanity is born out of uh, experiencing 
um, or witnessing life in life in the slums and mm-hmm. and noticing that that these people are are actually happy. They're like not not because they have all the comforts, but because they don't, and because mm-hmm. uh, they have a community and this this safety net of relationship instead of an economic uh, safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in their struggle that they that they relate to one another and find purpose and joy. And I think that the travel experiences to South and Central America and then and then Southeast Asia as well uh, and Africa are are all have all been very formative in in really realizing that Western Western society, ha- as wonderful as it is in in some senses, is also quite broken in our understanding of what brings joy, and happiness and and the relationship with with God. Now, how do we then in, in you know North America? How do we kind of break away from that because it is hard you know you you're here you're working you're trying to do your best um, but I think you're right I think we've gotten sort of lulled into this way and we've kind of lost that connection with others or lost true deep happiness in mm. in what we have and how we're living what would be your advice to people or encouragement to them I think going going back to the the idea of of otherness and difference being the mm-hmm. seed of education from which knowledge grows, I think that um, when when we can take our certainty and our pursuit of happiness and instead have a pursuit of unhappiness and kind of like challenge ourselves with the opposite of mm-hmm. of our comforts, I think that that's the 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 gateway into uh, really. Uh, pursuing something something that's that's meaningful and, and purposeful in life. You know, what you talk about is, you know, choice, right? And I think that that's a big thing because some people don't want to choose that, right? Like, we look at our life and we're like, we're okay, it, it's fine. But, you know, when I listen to you, Nate, it's like there's so much beauty and wonder that comes with you know, changing that mindset and choosing to, you know, to be with people that are different, listen to their story and and choose to go into those kinds of places to really experience this. Do you think we're missing out? I mean, I think that's a question you have to ask yourself. Yeah. Um, if you if you feel like you're lethargic or, you know, you're 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 looking at people who are traveling and, and dreaming of, of, of travel. And uh, I think that what, what we're actually searching for is is something unexpected and something that that isn't planned, um, and so that's that's my uh, that's why I'm doing this trip is because uh, studying in university for the past four years, I've I, there's certainly been a routine that has that develops with with uh, with studies, mm-hmm. um, and for me, this is just a chance to step away from that routine and digest the whole experience of university because it was such a rich experience. Yeah. Um, but then to to step out of the routine and reflect back on it is just Amazing. something that I had to do. You know, as a millennial, and I know that a lot of millennials don't like having the the label, but just like me as a Gen Xer, Nate, we were always like, you know, we were sort of like this anti-establishment angsty you know you know nirvana pearl jam like we were like that's sort of like our roots (laughs) and we were all like had big dreams what the church was to be and how the world was to be and you know as now as i look at millennials and that whole generation of what they're about i mean give me give me some insight because i'm fascinated with this next generation sort of behind me yeah i'm challenged but i'm encouraged but what would you say is the greatest 
you know, needs as far as sort of like, you know, spiritual God connection with millennials, as in how can I as this Gen Xer um, help, you know, and encourage the next generation? What are the things that we as sort of older people can do to help the next generation? Um, I think that this reminds me of I, I was I was part of a conference this summer where we we had these questions around around faith and, and tradition mm-hmm. and um there was these questions that each table would talk about, and uh, they were put together. The questions were, were formed by people who were very obviously not millennials, um, because <laughs> when when the question would pop up and we were supposed to discuss them, what every every single table does it did was uh, they would deconstruct the question and look at every word, and you know, they, and then we would we would take the words and say, ah, oh, that's that's not really what they mean. What they really mean is 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 this new phrase that we can, yeah. and so every table would have these new these new words and phrases that they would uh, be asking, and we would kind of deconstruct it to reconstruct uh, a, a bigger truth behind behind the question. And I think that um, in all of that confusion and chaos that happens there, I think that the the value of of the Gen Xer perspective is is the certainty that you bring to the table and the direction uh, that 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 we can glean from that. Um, because we love to deconstruct and we love to look at things in new ways and have a revolutionary perspective. But that's nothing if, if, if we don't have a sense of direction. And so I, I think that that's something that I really value about my mentors who, who grew up in a different generation. Is a bit of sort of the certainty. Yeah. Which so is, in the uncertainty, uh, the certainty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's very paradoxical. Yeah, it, it is. It there's is. lots in life that is, and, <laughs> and that's, that's what I really enjoy about, about paradoxes. It's, it's beautiful. As far as the thought of sort of millennial and understanding God and faith mm-hmm. and church, what does that look like? Because, you know, and again, me learning the certainty of it for sure, but how how can I be sort of open and understanding of what the needs are in that way and sort of sort of like the Christian life, the spiritual sort of nourishing of of your generation? Uh, I, I think that also relates to paradox. Uh, what I've I, I've noticed that there's this trend of millennials re- returning to orthodoxy and tradition, mm-hmm. um, and and not not doing it because it is certain, but exactly the opposite, because there is this mysticism and this mystery surrounding uh, these paradoxes that we have incorporated into our certain structured religion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so so God being three in one, like that's that's very uncertain. It, it's it's this and that, it's the both and. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or, or the, the, like having communion is, is, it's very much bread and wine, uh, but it's also the the body and blood of Christ, and and I think that these are the things that when we address par- when we when we bask in paradox, it's an opportunity to con- to continue learning. There's mm-hmm. not the end of the road. There's not that certain period at the end of the sentence. It's more of a dot dot dot, and then we can continue the sentence and build and live and grow in this in this wonderful wonderful uh, spiritual experience of life. It sounds amazing. I think like in my, this part of my brain, it's like, yes. And then there's the other part of the brain that's like, wait a second, I need, I want order. And I, you know, that certainty. But I think, I think in conversations like this, it's good to have because from generations to generations, it's good to learn and yet be open to different change, not be afraid, but to also figure out how to flex and, 
and and live together and support one another. Because, yeah. I mean, your generation is amazing. I mean, the challenge of this uncertainty, but the challenge of flexibility and and desire, but the passion to see the world be better and inclusiveness and equality mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. It I, really is. I, I think living in that tension between between loving it and hating it is is the gold there. I think that it's that's what continues the conversation. Um, and I think that the millennials have a lot to figure out because of our deconstruction, deconstructing process yeah. which with, with which we see the world, um, looking at the, the ways that we have really, really screwed up uh, in the West, especially, and, uh, and then the ways that the, the things that we still value and still hold on to, which returns to this idea of tradition. I think that... Uh, what, what we're longing for is is to be taught a tradition that um, can help us live in that tension. Yeah. Currently, Nate, you're on this hitchhiking journey across Canada again. Yeah. Um, this time, though, with a purpose. Yes. Um, talk to me about that because the other trips, you know, there's one you were just trying to 15 days across Canada to get to where you needed to go. Yeah. Then from Victoria, BC to San Diego, two months, and I, th- you know, looking through your social media beautiful moments on the beach and and some great videos of your thoughts of God. And I know that uh, some of that now is in in your social media pages, like Pilgrim's um, Pilgrim's Process. process. And we'll have all that up, you know, online after. But currently, though, you're doing something very specific Mm -hmm. uh, with a goal in mind. Talk to me about that. Yeah. uh, So this this trip is traveling from uh, Lawrencetown Beach, just beside Halifax, uh, on the eastern shore in Nova Scotia, all the way to Tofino uh, on the West Coast. And along the way, um, because I am processing the experience of university, uh, I'm staying with alumni and professors that I've had in the past uh, from St. Stephen's University to to kind of look at what they've done with their degrees. And and as I wrestle through um, the hallmarks of my education, things like community and spirituality and travel mm-hmm. and and how they how they manifest in uh, in the idea of pilgrimage um, and so the goal right now is to uh, promote st. Stephen's University and uh, share with people what that it's a it's a wonderful outside the box school uh, that also has this really tight-knit community of artists and philosophers and academics and, and farmers. Uh, and the, I, I wanted to both continue to experience the, the community that I, that I love there um, while being on the road and continuing my education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then you're, so you're recruiting um, or you sort of sharing the story of the university mm-hmm. and then recruiting and saying, hey, you know, this would be a great place if you're interested uh, to come out and, and do four years of, of school. Yeah, yeah. We we have, uh, we accept 30 students a year. Um, 30. So it's, a, it's Canada. Oh, that's small. We are very proudly Canada's smallest university. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's, but it's, uh, I, I don't think that the smallness should should stop anybody from from applying uh, because it's we're more about community than we are about uh, the structure of education that you see in in bigger universities, um, and so I I think that uh, while I talk about St. Stephen's University is giving me the chance to reflect on uh, the education that I received there and and f- reflect on the beauty of of being in a small town in rural New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then also traveling with the school to Southeast Asia and to Europe um, and going back to New Brunswick to reflect on those experiences as well. It sounds like your school experience there really fits almost your life ethos, Hmm. you know, for who you are. (laughs) It really does. How can people... um, find information about the school. Yeah, uh, the website is ssu.ca. Okay. And um, and then if you if you link up with me on my blog at pilgrimsprocessorg.wordpress.com <laughs> uh, or there's a page on Facebook. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have the links well, for yeah. all of that. But um, yeah, if you contact me, I can hook you up with people or ssu.ca. Nate, you know, as we sort of finish up the show, you know, as a millennial, as somebody who has this, you know, wonder for the world and connection to people, you know, for some people, they'd say, you know, is Christianity and faith in Jesus that for you? It would, you know, some people would say, you know, that sounds funny for a guy like Nate to be about Jesus and his faith, because, you know, you're sort of this kind of guy that people say that seems sort of, sort of outside of, mm-hmm. of the Christian faith. Why? Why would you say that you you know, follow Jesus, that this is, this is the place in which, you know, you, you've, you're journeying through in, in this? Um, that's a good question. For, for me, Christ is an example on how to effectively challenge, challenge culture mm-hmm. and also live in beauty and compassion and, and justice uh, with my neighbors. And it's, it's, it's both of those things. And I, 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 I want to be an activist, but I also want to be a loving part of a community, and and I I find that Jesus is the is a is a perfect model and and Lord for um, for people that like especially traveling. I can I can think about Christ's travels and or the apostles and or the desert fathers or whoever is all these all these role models. Um, that did experience justice and compassion and beauty in the world uh, with a sense of purpose, and but not not in the certainty, but in the uncertainty and in the paradoxes. That's beautiful. I think that that's something that all of us can learn from Nate. That I think, you know, we we talk about yeah, I follow Jesus, but do we really look at people the way that Jesus did? Are we inclusive to? all kinds of people to hear their story. And I think what a wonderful opportunity you've had as you've hitchhiked mm-hmm. to actually sit eight hours or two hours or an hour with people that are different. Yeah. That the only connection is they picked you up, yeah. right? And <laughs> the, the interesting thing about all my drivers that I probably should have mentioned is that uh, often they're, they're immigrants or they're marginalized oh, people and wow. they're people that have experienced uh, being marginalized by, by society and it's it's in their struggle that they feel something for the guy on the side of the road, and they oh. when they pick me up, it's this great opportunity to talk about that. Yeah, that is yeah. beautiful, isn't that? Oh. It's liberating. It is liberating. For so sure. the people that could pick you up in the comforts of their big SUV that have all of it yeah. probably drive right on by. Oh, I've never gotten a ride for any from anything <laughs> better than a I don't know Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Peterson, amazing. Um, and for all the information to follow your travels, it's the Pilgrim's Process, pro- Process, process, mm-hmm. process uh, if you're yeah. listening in the U.S. Um, thank you for this. This was really inspiring and a real encouragement to me and I know to my listeners on how to see the world, uh, a real true faith in Jesus. And we'll be praying for you as you travel and Thanks, continue to share the stories with us because because some of us can't do it, but we'll kind of live right here in the seat through you. Great. Yeah, it's been wonderful being on the show. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. Hey! Okay, that was easy. Wow, what an awesome episode. You know 
what else would be really awesome? Subscribing to my show. So click that subscribe button on YouTube or search for Your Story with Melinda on your favorite podcasting service to download the show weekly to your mobile device.